Well, here we are just a few days till Christmas, and uh, myself and a lot of other guys were out shopping yesterday. It was a good day to start. And uh, it's a special time of year, isn't it? It's beautiful. The, the decoration of this building, it's amazing. I love, I love coming over the hill anyway, but I've been gone too long. I mean, in 37 and a half months, I hadn't missed a Sunday. I had two in a row. It, it was upsetting, wasn't it, dear? I was a little beside myself, maybe even a little cranky. Yeah, like, I gotta get back to church. <laughs> and I felt bad. But I came over the hill, and there's, there's our beautiful church, and you said something too, right? I'm like, it, there it is. I just love where it sits. Because you come over that hill, you get a little sneak of the steeple as you come, then there it is. It's beautiful, beautiful building. And, and the light displays around town, right? And then the craziness of the shopping, and, and the culmination of all the weeks, if not months, of preparation and, and all this cheer. <clears throat> and then if we just added a little white stuff, just strategically to the grass, not the roads, I mean, how beautiful would this be? I guess postcard, isn't it? It is beautiful, beautiful. And truly, we have a beautiful building and grounds, and then credit to those who volunteer, many of us, of you guys do, to, uh, to keep it looking so nice, and, and uh, it's amazing, and I'm sure God is very pleased with, with the care that it's shown. But this time of year, there's a lot of celebrations. In fact, last night we had one of Sherry's office parties, and, and there's lots of traditions. And, uh, and well, what are some of your holiday traditions? you guys have anything that you guys just regularly do, whatever it may be? Anything? Am I the only one that likes fruitcake? Yeah. All right. You like it? Okay. A certain brand. Yeah, the dark kind? Yeah. Um, we made up for Christmas, we all wear our Okay, good. Do you have to go buy one, or do you actually have one? I've got it. You got I went to an ugly Christmas sweater party, forgot that I was stopping by my parents on the way because they were watching my kids at the time, and I told them I was going to an ugly Christmas sweater party, and I forgot they had bought me the sweater like two Christmases before. But, but yeah, now there's like a whole rack of that stuff at Walmart. I mean, you can go and actually buy ugly sweaters. It's a, it's a thing. What else? What else do you guys do? Yeah, Al. fun stuff it's fun stuff and you know in my family always you know did a Christmas Eve my father you guys have met is uh, real involved in their church choir and we usually go to their you know cantata and and that kind of thing and um, it's fun it's fun Heather you look like you've got something to say do you have a tradition that's a tradition <laughs> but it's interesting <coughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Another one, I don't, didn't mean to take the mic, but no one else is volunteering. Maybe I'll stimulate a conversation here. But growing up, um, my dad and my brother are diabetic. My mom was always seemed to be on a diet. My older brother was a vegan, and his wife had celiac. Now, how do you do a traditional Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner? So we did spaghetti and meatballs. 
you know, the, the vegan could not eat the, the meatballs and then the, the gluten could just have the pasta and the, you know, or not have the pot, you know, and so everybody was happy and it's just ironic that we brought Olive Garden to share for lunch today, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was kind of one of those weird traditions and uh, we did too. Did you? Yes. <laughs> but anyway, we still do it, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's nice. Stimulate any other thoughts? I see smiles, so I know you guys have stuff up in your heads. But um, you know, a lot of us choose to celebrate the holidays in different ways, but we always choose to celebrate it and and really give honor to the holiday, and, and that's what's fun. So, but like so many things in our lives, we must choose. Sometimes the decisions are small and relatively insignificant. Sometimes the results or, or the consequences of our choice can be life-altering. And even deciding not to choose is an effective choice. You know, deciding not to have a tradition is a tradition, right? Um, this morning as we celebrate the wonderful gift that is our Savior's birth, we're still faced with choices. And you've already made one by being here this morning. And isn't it wonderful that your Heavenly Father, this, this heavenly being that wants so desperately to have a relationship with you and he wants you to be obedient to his commandments and his will and, and, and he gives you the freedom to say, this is what I really want, but I want you to choose it. But even that can cause problems, can it? Because we have the freedom to make bad choices or wrong choices. But this morning, by way of our presence here, we're saying, God, I love you. You're important to me and I honor and respect you for what you've done for me and my family. I choose to be here honoring you in service. I choose to worship and praise you this Sunday morning. I choose to make Christmas about you. I choose you, which is easy because he's already chosen us. So salvation is voluntary. That's what I titled this message. And this morning we're going to talk about the freedom that our faith allows us to choose. <clears throat> and we get to choose rather we must choose whether to believe or not to believe to accept the wonderful gift of grace or, or to not, to follow God's will for our life or to try to make it on our own. And then when given the freedom to make choices, we have more power and authenticity because I chose to do this, right? I chose this. I could have done blank, but I chose blank. It may still have been a bad choice, but I have the power to make that choice. We have the power to be anywhere else and we're here. We have the power to give credit for all the wonderful things in our life. We say, I know where it really came from. And doesn't it mean more to give a genuine thank you than it does when someone requires you to say it? Did your mom ever make you do that? Say, say thank you, yeah, thank you. Or, you know, or that half-hearted apology. <clears throat> but salvation is given voluntarily. And you accept it voluntarily. God will never force it upon you. He could. He could, but he says, I want you to choose it. It's right here. 
and you can't, he can't, he can force on you, but he doesn't, but you can't get it on your own, okay? It's given to you. And because this is given as a free gift through the birth, life, and sacrifice of Christ Jesus, when you choose to accept it, there's so much power because you didn't make me do it. I chose in my free will to accept this wonderful gift. And as a result, we're blessed. So this morning, I have a few gifts on the altar to just demonstrate some of the choices we get to make. Uh, you'll be, this is a beautifully wrapped present. I think, actually, Abby wrapped this. Remind me to take it back. It's, I think it's for you. Um, we've got this kind of plain-looking box, but it's got a Chevy logo. That's kind of cool. Something heavy in that. And this, I saw Sherry eyeing this earlier. It's a, it's a jewelry store. It's from last year. He's so sorry. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you look at these things and you get kind of excited. I mean, what's in it? Oh, you know, we even have some cash up here, too, right? Uh, <coughs> so, you know, there's quite a bit of good stuff, or potentially good stuff. I mean, it's wrapped, so it's, we don't know what's in it. But what do you choose? Do you choose the nicely wrapped present or the intriguing box or the, or the, the cash? I mean, I'm not going to tell you that what you choose does matter. And I certainly am biased on the topic, but I'm equally excited to share a message of truth with you. And it's not my truth, it's the scriptural truth. It's that you can choose. Many Christian churches and denominations have different views on free will. And while it's easy to become confused about how God's control and our own free will intersect, we can trust the word of God and know that what he has told us in the Bible to be true. And the Bible tells us that we have the ability to choose and have faith in God. Right? Being secure in our internal life in heaven. And this choice is yours to make but it's one that has been offered to every person that has ever lived has been given the same choice. In fact, Jesus' own words from Mark 8, 34 says, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples. He said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. You have a choice to make. Set aside this and come with me. And this wasn't the first or the last time that, that this choice was made or offered. This is all the way back to Exodus. Moses stood at the gate of the camp, and he said, Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And it says, All the sons of Levi gathered, gathered to him. He said, You have a choice to make. Are you in or are you out? And someday God will ask the question he asked in Deuteronomy thirty nineteen, which reads, This day I call the heavens and earth as witnesses against you, and I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. See, God wants you to pick what's right. And God responds to this choice the same way every single time. John 1, 12-13 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of husband's will, but born of God. You are an adopted child of God when you choose to be so. And this is God's promise to you. It's a guarantee that if you choose to accept the gift of Christmas, you will be his child. And what a great dad he is. And for those who make a different choice or decide not to make one at all, Proverbs 128.33 gives us warning. It says, then they will call to me and I will not answer. This is God talking. They'll call me and I won't answer. They will look for me but not find me since they hated knowledge and he did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurn by rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes, for the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. 
Now listen to the words. That, this is a paraphrase. This is the message. This is not a translation. It's a paraphrase. And the same verse and message says, Since you laugh at my counsel and you make jokes of my advice, how can I take you seriously? I'll turn the tables and joke about your troubles. What if the roof falls in and your whole life goes to pieces? What if a catastrophe strikes and there's nothing to show for your life but rubble and ashes? You'll need me then. You'll call for me, but don't expect an answer. No matter how hard you look, you won't find me. Because you hated knowledge and had nothing to do with the fear of God. Because you wouldn't take my advice and brush aside all my offers to train you. Well, you've made your bed, now lie in it. You wanted your own way, now how do you like it? He says, don't you see what happens, you simpletons, you idiots? Carelessness kills. Complacency is murder. First pay attention to me, then relax. Now you can take it easy because you're in good hands. Now that paraphrase, obviously, is a lot of loose, casual language, but you can hear the message in there. It says, um, you know, you laugh at my counsel. You, you, you joke at my advice. You don't listen to me. You don't care. But when you need something... You know, I don't know you. And we say, I'd never do that to God. I'd never do that to you, God. I would never make fun of you or poke a joke or, or blow you off. But isn't that exactly what we're doing when we're not living in alignment with his will? When we think our way is better than his way? And that's a pretty good motivation to voluntarily accept this gift of salvation. But I'd like to propose one other one. Anybody heard the term FOMO? Smiles. Yell it out if you know it. Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. Ever heard that before? The fear of missing out? Whether you've heard this before or I just taught you a new word to show off to your grandkids so they'll know you're hip. Don't use the word hip. They don't think that's cool anymore. It's, it's a good concept. I mean, it's, it's a real concept. Like, anybody have their cell phone with them? Right? Why is it in your pocket, not at home? Because you don't want to miss out on a text, a call. Um, weather report, right? If you Have you checked your email or Facebook or news or weather this morning? Maybe. You don't want to miss out on that stuff. You don't know what they had for breakfast. How are you going to know that the eggs were scrambled just right if you didn't go on Facebook and look at that stuff? A little tired of stress because you've been running all over the place trying to make it to every party and do everything and not miss a single beat. You didn't want to miss out on any of that stuff, did you? Did you? You're afraid of what you'll miss. Friends, I don't want you to miss out on the gift of grace that God has offered you. I don't want you to miss out on the many blessings that he has in store for you. And I don't want you to miss out on the eternity in heaven that God deeply desires for you. The Apostle Paul writes in his letters, Romans, he says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, if you say it out loud, Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can't just say it, you gotta believe it. You can't just believe it, you gotta say it. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you were saved. And that's it. It's not always that easy, but it's always that simple. And voluntarily choosing Jesus is not constricting, it's liberating. It provides true freedom as God intended it for us as children. The psalmist writes, I walk about in freedom for I have sought your precepts. I know what you say is okay. So within that context, I can do whatever I want within the safe boundaries that you have set for me. These things that you say, stay away from. That's not confining, it's liberating. I've got all this room to move. How about this from Acts? Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Right? Anybody else need forgiveness for sins? Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. A justification you are not able to obtain under the law of Moses. 
You see, it's not just about choosing good over evil or right over wrong. You must choose Jesus as your Savior. You must choose voluntarily to accept this gift. He is the path of salvation. True and ultimate freedom is found in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said this himself. says, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father through me. All this was accomplished during his life and on the cross, but it starts when? At the nativity. It starts on Christmas. It'd be just another birthday if there hadn't been a sacrifice that atones for our sins. It would have been just another unfortunate death if it hadn't been for the gift of the nativity itself. It all works together. Romans says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives you life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You are free. John 8, 30-32 says, Even as he spoke, many believed in him. To the Jew who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. These are wonderful gifts for these if you choose to accept them. So back to the presence of the altar. What do you choose? And Nelson Mandela said, May your choices reflect your hopes and not your fears. So don't choose the decorated package out of fear that you're missing out on something good in it. Choose Jesus because you know that the hope that can be found in him. Choose to be redeemed. Choose to be glorified in Christ. Choose to be used for God by God for his work in others' lives. Choose to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And choose to follow his guidance, just like it says in Proverbs. In their hearts, human plan their steps, their course, but the Lord establishes their, their steps. Humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Choose to trust the Lord also from Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Remember this, and lean not on your own understanding. It's tough. It's tough. I don't want to do this unless I know what's going to happen next. I don't want to do this unless I know it's going to work out just perfect. Not the way it works. It says, in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. You may be looking this way, but that's the path he wants you to go on. Easier to follow his path than have him bump you over. Okay. You remember that salvation diagram from about a month ago? We had kind of two cliffs, and we're on one side, and God's on the other, and we've got our sin, all the things that keep us from him, and we've got peace on this side, <coughs> and the righteousness, and Christ fits neatly in the middle, and it bridges this gap. In order to cross that chasm, in order to invoke Christ's role in bridging the gap, you must at some point voluntarily choose to do so. Luckily, from Second uh, Peter, we learn this. says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Now, that's us, right? We're impatient. Instead, he is patient with you. Why? Because he doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to come to repentance. He said, I'll, I'll wait it out. I'm right here, and I'll wait for you. And Jesus is waiting for you to accept the gift that is himself. And all the way back in Revelation, it says, here I am. It says, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. So why wait? Why delay the blessing or shorten your time lavishing in his love? Right? Sure, he'll be there tomorrow. He'll love me just as much tomorrow. But why do I want, don't I want his blessing today? And Sherry and I have a little sign on our wall, and I don't remember who gave it to us. It says, I wish I'd known you sooner so I could have loved you longer. Remember that? Right? Doesn't love you any less, but one more day would be nice. We may wish for that day. You may wish today wasn't that day. No. <laughs> but, but why wait? 
Why wait? He's got all the time in the world. You know, give your heart to Jesus today. Shake off those chains of fear and doubt if you haven't already done so. We're not promised tomorrow, so don't delay. Start your journey of freedom with Christ Jesus. For those that are free, stay strong. Finish the race well. God bless you as you live a life worthy of calling. Let's pray. Father God, it's Christmas time. All of the joy that we feel, all the blessings that we enjoy because of the sacrifice of your son start now with his birth. He is here. He is born. God is with us. These words change everything. Anytime that we get a little anxious, we just need to call on those words. Anytime we get a little fear about what's going to happen next, we just need to call on those words. God is with us. He is here. He is born. Father God, there is so, so much good in this world. And may the extra bit of joy and, and gratitude and compassion and generosity we feel this time of year, let's carry it forward. Let's make a difference in 2020 in your name. God, and that starts with individual decisions. Let us choose you. Let us choose our salvation. Let us choose to be a part of someone else's. As always, God, I want to conclude this prayer with praise for the empty places in the pews. That they continue to serve as a reminder that there's a warm and inviting place here in this community and a place for a relationship with you. And God, just a special personal prayer. I thank you for those who have volunteered, who have been elected, appointed to be on the board of this church. We have a lot of amazing things ahead of us. And God, you just, you just spark excitement in my heart and hopefully others too of what's going to be coming up next. So God, I ask you bless this church, this congregation, its leadership, the community it resides in. Bless our nation's leaders. Father, bless us all. In your name I pray. Amen. If I could have a helper... kind of started this, I don't know if we started this last year or the year before, but I like the idea of light sticks, and i tell you why I like light sticks. Number one, they don't drip wax on the carpet, right? But number two, um, I like them because you don't blow them out when service is over. You know, they stay lit for, I don't know, a little while. You know, we're called to carry the light forward with us, and it may be a cheap little novelty thing, but... I, I think it's just important as we sing Silent Night in a Circle and have this kind of light that, that will stay lit that we can carry forward out of this place. Do you mind sharing those? And if, guys, if you get in a circle, let's sing Silent Night. A couple verses of that before we do our traditional closing.